Okay. Hello and good morning or afternoon to everybody. Um, and welcome to, well, welcome back, I should say, to Coffee Chat, which we haven't had in a really long time. I actually was going to take the week off and then I thought, oh, that let's let's do at least a little recap. So sitting here in our virtual fireside place <laughs> is Andrew Valone, who I just saw only less than a week ago. Hey, Andrew. Hey, I guess we went from like wine chats back to coffee chats. Oh, man. Well, I honestly, I think it's time to dry out a little bit, to be honest. Exactly. Good thing we got this fireplace going because it's it's already drying me off here. I could almost feel it. Oh, yeah. It's very toasty, right? <laughs> oh, sorry, my hand. I have to go that one. Oh, yeah. Oh, it almost burns. It does. Yeah, it's very, it's very warm. So, uh, well, everybody, what we wanted to do today is just to kind of like chat about um, how the tour season went. And I, some of you watching were with us, um, and that was really fun. Uh, we, we traveled on 13 different tours, I think it was. Let's, let, let's go over. So let's, let me remember. So I did Venice staycation number one, Venice staycation number two. I did Sicily. I did, so that's three. I did Iceland, which was with Reed. I did Morocco. I participated in the Naples tour. Uh, then we did Puglia. So I did seven. What did you do? I did a uh, Croatia tour at the end of August, then Flavors of Slovenia, then Romania, then Veneto, Slovenia. I participated in the Harvest tour on a few different dates. Uh, I vaguely participated in Naples tour. I won't even say participated. I went to that awesome island the last day of the tour, which was cool. So that was cool. I yeah. yeah, and then the Puglia tour. So, um, yeah, I think I think we're thirteen that, but that doesn't include all the Reed stuff. So Morocco and Iceland are like even on top of that. So, uh, okay. Oh, actually, you know what? People, people here don't see. I'm just looking on Zoom. They don't see our funny background. So I'm going to go back to our regular oh. boring. Oh shoot! Yeah, stop immersive view. Immersive there was a fireplace. Yeah, I know. All the autumn leaves. I mean, it looked like a really swanky living room that you just remodeled in autumn style. But we'll go back to boring, boring, uh, boring real Zoom. Yeah, this has been like like 18 months of Zoom. Like, ugh. I need to change my background somehow. Anyway, so, um, all right, so a total of, between both of us, we said 13 tours, is that right? Yeah, I think so. Cool. So this was quite an experience because like, I can't believe we pulled it off, number one. Um, but the other thing that we, I think both learned is that running tours now during COVID and from now on is gonna be pretty different, don't you think? Yeah, I mean, I'm, glad we didn't have even the 20 people we had a couple of years ago yeah i think that would have been that would have been difficult so yes um and not just the number of people but really just kind of all the what i think i think that the, the biggest thing and i think anyone who went on our tours would say is it's, it was like the coming here coming on the tour getting over here was the biggest like kind of freak out stuff um, but all that stuff went really smoothly and everyone kept saying, like everyone said to me, I think you heard the same thing, like, though, the toughest part was just was was getting on the plane thinking that you had everything done correctly, but weren't 100% sure. But once you were here, not an issue. 
Yeah, I, I would say what was an issue, first of all, was that like, yeah, group size. I can't imagine doing more than, than I mean, 20 would be max, but yeah, I would say like for us, no more than maybe 12 to 14 people because like some restaurants made us sit at a bunch of different tables and I don't know how big groups are going to be able to even eat at regular restaurants. So that was really helpful that we had smaller groups for sure. Um, having to wear masks, you just have to wear a mask pretty much indoors all the time. Italy, you don't have to wear them outdoors now, but indoors um, everywhere. And the other thing to note is that when you are on a bus, when you're traveling on a bus with a group, you have to wear your mask at all times. And actually in Morocco, they really enforce that. Like we got stopped by the police two or three times a day just to check. So yeah, so that's just, that's something that I think is the way of the world now. So find yourself a really comfortable mask because I think this is the way things are going to be from now on. Everybody's going to have to wear masks. And then also, as you said, the getting, getting to your destination is the hardest part for sure. You know, I, we had lots of stories of travelers who had flights canceled or flights changed at the last minute, having to go get retested, you know, for COVID and it's all a headache, but it's doable. I would say, what do you think? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think part of it is just, you've got, let's say KLM airlines has got, here's what the situation is in Amsterdam, but maybe the U S embassy's website there has something kind of different or the Dutch government has one thing, but then they don't really tell you, Hey, you're just transiting. So then some of these rules might not apply to you. But I think that was a difficult thing is just people trying to figure out what the supplies because everyone who came on our tours obviously were vaccinated. Um, and, and there was, it was Europe, regardless of all the news stories that were out there at the beginning of September, which I think freaked all of us out, um, yeah. pretty much stayed open for vaccinated travelers, but you just weren't sure. It's hard to know where do you go to get that information? And, you know, you're hearing this and reading that, and, you know, you just, you just don't know. So I think that was the really biggest issue that, and kind of going back and also knowing what do I need other than like a PCR test in America? What else do I need? What does the airport, what does the airline need from me? What do I have to fill out? All that kind of crap. Yeah. And because of the fact that the, it was so, you know, unsettled and you just never know, I think the big lesson, and this is something that I, you've heard me say a million times, pack really light and carry on your bags, like absolutely carry your bags with you everywhere because I, lots of people had flights change, you know, and if you had checked your bag through, um, you're going to have some problems. And even coming home, it was the same thing. Like I brought way too much stuff back with me and it was really just a headache. Right now, it's so, so important to be flexible, to be on the ball with your paperwork and all that kind of stuff and to pack really late and just be nimble, right? Yep, exactly. Um, but, you know, I'd say it seemed like, I don't know, half of our guests had, had carry on only. Uh, and some of it, I think, was because of this situation, but some people are just, you know, they're traveling a lot lighter. And what's kind of smart, too, and this is always a thing to do, is you can go carry on coming here. And if you decide your wine collection needs to, you know, add quite a few more bottles to it, then you just buy a suitcase and then you check it on the way back. And hey, if it gets lost, it's eventually going to get there, but you don't need it because you're already back home. So I think a, quite a, I, I saw quite a few people do that, buy a suitcase or extra suitcase for stuff on the way back. Yeah, which is what I did as well. And as far as all the paperwork stuff goes and what tests do you need and how do you go about transiting? I have found the most valuable resource for that is if you go to the U.S. government 
embassy website for each individual country. So like I'm going to Egypt and there is some question about what do I need to get into Egypt? I'm not 100% clear on that, but it looks like by going to their website, by it's the US government embassy. So it's like the Egyptian embassy, United States, whatever branch, you go there and you read through and they, you, the, the problem is they don't write it in language that's real clear. It's, um, it, and it's sort of like, first they have uh, the restrictions of people trying to exit Egypt to come to the US and then they have, how do you get in? And anyway, it just takes patience and you have to be willing to comb through these websites, but it's always the US um, embassies and United States embassies in those countries that have the best information. And you actually did that when I was coming over once, didn't you? You called the US embassy yep. in whatever Croatia or something. Yeah, exactly. I mean, cause every, every, country that you would go to has a U.S. I mean, if you're going to North Korea, then not. But otherwise, every U.S. every every country that you would be traveling with us or read on would would have a U.S. embassy site, and they're pretty good with being updated. Now, I've never been a big fan of like State Department travel warning stuff, and that's kind of something different. That's like a different site because if you look at there, you're like, oh my god, I shouldn't go anywhere in Europe because it's all level three or four, which is like the worst or the highest. But the yeah. U.S. embassy sites, those are actually people living in those countries, and they usually have, they always have the updated last, so you could see, and most things were updated every time I checked within a week, which is, you know, pretty good as far, I mean, their own, their job is not only doing that, but other things, but yeah, I mean, there's links to things, or, you know, here's this Italian website that lists, like, COVID situation by regions if you need more information, but yeah, that's actually the best resource I think um, to go off of. Yeah, the U.S. Embassy in whatever country you're um, you're traveling to. The other thing that we have learned, I mean, we've learned so many lessons. I we could just talk only about that. But the other lesson that we learned is that you can always make it work. It's just going to take some perseverance. Like for example, um, my friend Jill, who came to Iceland with me, her flight got canceled in the middle of her transiting, and then her PCR test was invalid. And I think we had somebody else have the same problem where their connecting flight didn't work out and that made their PCR test invalid. So they had to go in the airport and drop whatever 200 bucks on an instant rapid PCR test, which sucks. But this is our situation. Like you have to be prepared, like have that in your budget. You just have to have these, these COVID test things in your budget. You know, you're going to have to have a reserve for two or 300 bucks in case, right? Yep. And all the airports that I've seen, um, I mean, every place we've started a tour, ended a tour, you could always do tests there at the airport. So that's oh. a pretty easy thing. So that's pretty much guaranteed now. And so many other places too, which I stopped kind of looking. But I mean, in for instance, in Slovenia, there's an easy site we found that you could just, you book everything and it's like five minute incre increments. So it's like, you want the 935? Uh, thing or the the 940 or whatever and every everything especially rapid antigen tests which most people can can use on the way back they don't need PCR tests you know those are 15 30 minutes you get the email back and you're good to go so all that stuff on the going back side is actually pretty easy now because there's so many places you can get these tests well, at, and they're so quick. Yeah, and that's something that maybe people don't know if you haven't been on the road like we have. To enter back into the United States, you have to have a negative COVID test. It doesn't matter if you're vaccinated or not, that's irrelevant. That's not what they look at. To re-enter the United States, you have to have within three business days or three days. It's not 72 hours or 20, 48 hours, it's three days. You have to have 
a negative antigen test is okay. PCR tests, you know, they're equal more or less. And the antigen test is very, very cheap. Um, and in Italy, at least, it was super easy to find. Like um, when we were in Matera, we just, I looked up the nearest pharmacy, we went in there, it was 15 euros, and it took them like 10 minutes max, I think, to do it. And we just all got it done, boom, boom, boom. And then they printed out our results and we were good to go. So same thing in Rome. It took me a little bit of time to find because a lot of the, the pharmacies were out of COVID tests. So I found one that was a re more reliable one and they were able to do it. So Italy, you can do it, it's no problem. On the other hand, um, well, Morocco actually was very funny because um, we had people who had doctors come to their hotel rooms and do the, and administer the tests. Isn't that weird? That's, you know, well, doctors, yes, I haven't heard of that, but in the, um, the hotel in Ljubljana offered that. So all of our people on the really? Veneto Slovene tour, um, the, we, we, we were going to take them to the usual place, you know, kind of the drive through thing. And then they just ordered the service, you know, it's like, you know, order, ordering, you know, room service, except, you know, it's tests rather than food. So yep. that worked out uh, fine as well. The one thing that might change, it could, let's say it could change because November 8th is the day when Europeans can now come to the US vaccinated ones. And those vaccinated Europeans do not need any kind of test to get in. They just need the proper vaccination paperwork or green pass, things like that. And I really think something might change then with vaccinated Americans because it would seem awfully strange for them to require us to still have a test, even though we have a vaccination and vax cards in America and Europeans would not need the test. So I think there probably will be some kind, some kind of update on the 8th when all that starts. So we'll have to keep an eye out for that because that's just an extra, you know, it is like an extra layer of something you kind of worry about. And I think that's the thing at the end of a tour, everyone's already focused on, oh, I need to get to the airport on time. I got to wake up and they're already kind of, you know, last day they're tuning out. And this adds just like an extra layer of stress. Hey, what yeah. if I test positive? What if I can't find something? What if I don't get the results back before I fly or whatever? So that would be nice if the government would change that. Well, and it's, it's kind of a, well, yeah, it's a dumb policy if Americans have to have the test return, but other people coming from other countries don't. Yeah. So I would hope that changes because that for me has been the most stressful part of running tours during this time period, because, you know, the stress is what if somebody tests positive? Like, I mean, there's just, there's a lot of stress, but it's also stressful for the people on the tour. Like, you know, I, when we were in Matera and we went up to have our test done, you know, all three of us were sitting there sweating because somebody in our group had a cough. <laughs> They had a cold, which now I have that cold, <laughs> but um, it was just a cold, you know. So, of course, it's that extra level of like, oh, gosh, you know, what's going to happen? So I'm hoping that they do drop that requirement because uh, that that's a problem. A lot of people are interested in also in the home testing kits. You can get those. And we have suggested for the people going to Egypt with me, for example, in Egypt, you can also get the, the tests. But because we're leaving from Jordan and it's going to be kind of complicated. We have suggested people bring the the virtual like remote test kits. So I have a couple. I'm going to try them on my next trip and see how they work. Um, where you basically just make an appointment and then you go on Zoom and you stick something up your nose <laughs> and you have a doctor watching you doing doing it. And then you. Put I'm it sure in everyone's already done this on Zoom before. They just you know. With, they weren't sticking, you know, the swab up their nose, but exactly, yeah. So it's like basically a virtual doctor's visit. So this is another way that you can do things if you can if you can find them. They're kind of hard to find, but 
um, I'm going to bring those to Egypt, just number one, to test them out for you guys for like information so I can write all this up, but also because um, I'm not real sure what the situation is going to be. So if you're going to um, a, a destination where you're not sure of the situation, it's absolutely fine, apparently, according to the US government to do these ones that are remote ones, but you have to buy them here. And you have to register with the app before you go to your wherever you're traveling to and make an appointment for that virtual consultation to do the, the test. So that's how that works. Um, and we've had people do them and people did them quite successfully, everybody that traveled with us. But here's the thing that you should know. As far as I know, every single person who traveled with us made it home. Hey, hey, that's that's key. That's key. Except except for those few lucky folks that are still in, over in Italy. So, um, but that's that's because they're just they just added a bunch of extra time. But yeah, that's right. Like everyone came out, everyone went home. So, I mean, yeah. that's just I'd say that's a success this year. Yeah, and the backup, you know, going going over if you get to the airport, they don't accept your COVID test results. Just uh, this is just to reinforce this point. Every single airport in the world has a COVID testing facility where you can get rapid test results. So I think the big lesson here is double, triple, quadruple check your flight, make sure it hasn't been changed. And when you arrive, get there at least like three to four hours in advance. So that if you get to the desk and they say, oh, these aren't valid, you can't use these, you can immediately go and find where it is that you can do that stupidly expensive rapid test. I mean, it's better than losing your flight, right? Yeah, I'm sure it's well. I'm sure it's cheaper than, than changing all that stuff. Um, but if you get them, yeah. if you get them at just normal, the normal tests for rapid antigen, um, they're not the 175, 200 dollar tests like they are in the states. Yeah. So um, you can get the, you can get what you need to go uh, quite inexpensively. And what another thing, and then I think we can move on from this is I've noticed, of course, everyone's level of paranoia is just, you know, a few ticks up above normal. So one thing that people can do at any pharmacy anywhere is getting a COVID test if they feel a little sick and they kind of want to say, yeah, I don't, I know I'm not sick with that. Or I want my other guests to know that I'm not sick with that because I've had people go to the pharmacy. They're not for, they're not for use. They're not valid for crossing borders or getting on airplanes, but they're good enough to say, oh yeah, I just have, I just have a cough or I just have a cold or I have something, but it's nothing more than that. And those are like five bucks a pop at five, 10 euros, probably max at any pharmacy pretty much in Europe. And we did have guests do that, which was really thoughtful. A couple of guests got whatever respiratory kind of coffee thing that I have now. And they went to the pharmacy to check because they were concerned and everything was fine. So that's true. So you can just do a private in your own room. So only, you know, the results test kit um, if you have a concern. So that's, I think that's a really good point actually. So um, but the, you know, even with all of this, the hoops you had to jump through, that's all the negative stuff. What's the positive? We kind of had the country to ourselves, didn't we? Yeah, I mean, I think, I think people are going to look back at 20, who traveled this year. And I, I don't, I mean, I, I think just even looking at next year, like bookings, our bookings, other tour companies bookings, what you're reading, you know, if it's not back to normal, it's going to be getting close. People are going to make their best effort to get back to normal. And this really just everywhere. I mean, so it was, you know, what we, we started in late August and everywhere where I, were, I was at or you were at, you know, we kind of both know how it normally is. And it was just, it was, 
it was it was completely different yet at the same time everything was still open so it wasn't like you know like in a town closed up for winter we still had everything there but there was just us and none of those huge groups ever showing up you know or cruise ships docking with a you know the you know whatever plagues of locusts coming off of them so yeah it's like the absence of mass tourism really makes a huge huge difference it's really nice so um yeah i think that there were a lot of benefits and we're never going to see places like that again i mean we're never going to see you know famous beaches without anybody on them we're never going to see yeah i mean like when i was in rome last september that was amazing i was like the only person in rome it seemed it was really pretty magical so I don't actually agree with you, though, that next year is going to be that crazy. I think that there's still going to be a lot of people who are going to be taking a year off uh, because this hasn't resolved itself. Right. So I think next yeah. year is still a really good opportunity if you're bold to to get a little bit of the, the goodness we got this year, because there's still going to be extra hoops to jump through for at least another year, I imagine. Uh, people will still have to wear masks. So there's going to be a lot of people that's going to be enough to count them out. But that will probably be enough to make sure that destinations are not overcrowded, I think. Yeah, I mean, I, th I think next summer is going to be probably the closest anything's looked like since 2019. That would be my guess. But the show, because you're just going to have nothing else. You have Europeans traveling in Europe. Yeah. And I, and I think the situation here is there's just more, there's less hesitancy because they're, they're not, they're not getting on a plane for 12 hours and they're not, and at least for the most part, they don't have to prove anything when they're coming back to their country. So, I mean, and that's what, even what I noticed for the last two months here is it's, n there's not a lot of big groups and certainly not of a lot of Americans or English speaking tourists, but there's an awful lot of local people or people you're not exactly sure where they're from, but it certainly wasn't dead. I mean, res certain restaurants and other places weren't like dead, but they had the right vibe because they seemed just more authentic because it was just whoever, maybe it was all the other Italians coming to coming to Southern Italy for that time or whatever, Austrians coming to Croatia while I was there. So it was yeah. it was great because things were happening and there was a lively atmosphere, um, but it just wasn't too overcrowded like it normally is. Well, I, and I would say my observation is that the weekends are nuts everywhere. I mean, like Lecce, like uh, you know, places that are not traditionally like busy, Albero Bello, remember how busy it was in Albero Bello, which is not, that's a little village, but it's yeah. the weekends because Italians are having fun in their own country. Like usually Italians, when they have a weekend or they have free time, they go somewhere else outside of Italy. They like exploring, but because of all the COVID restrictions, they're staying in their country. So like Florence on the weekend is madness. And then on the weekday, there's nobody there, right? So it's kind of a weird thing, but it's cool. I mean, I see it as a neat, a neat thing that locals are exploring their own home, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, we we I took the train from from Bari to Bologna, and that was you know during the last week when the kids had it off. So there are plenty of families going. The train was heading to Milan, so I'm guessing most of them were going to Milano. Yeah. But um, yeah, it was it was it was it was busy just with you know with, with the locals going places, and Bologna was busy too. But that's because the students are back in university and it was it was the it was the holidays and other Italians were visiting. So that's like that, that's like kind of the good crowds, the crowds you kind of want to have. Um, uh, and heck, there was a jazz festival going on in Bologna. So obviously they were back to their, let's say, normally scheduled programming like before, except, you know, you've got your checks and fax cards and all that stuff. But you know, it, it wasn't like you missed out on the cultural part or the kind of 
you know, atmosphere part, it seemed like most places we went had the, you know, kind of the everything's still in business, everyone's still visiting here, living here kind of vibe. Yeah, exactly. So, well, I think it was a very successful, I mean, for both of us, I think we think it was a very successful tour season. I think that people had a great time. Um, I think I heard more than once people who traveled with me in the last two months say, I'm so glad I went with a tour. <laughs> Just because, you know, there, anytime there was a question or a difficult situation, especially with the COVID stuff, having a group was great because you have us to back you up and we have connections. And, you know, I think that that was something that shined more than anything for me as a tour operator, that it's like, oh yeah, you know, you're traveling and you're doing something a little more high risk than usual, but we can offer you more value than normal because we know what to do and we know how to help you. Yeah, especially the, you know, having local guides or friends in all these different places that we go to. Um, that's just, it's so, it's so, it's much more helpful now and much more noticeable that people need, need that kind of insider information this year than they've had in the past. Yeah, it's like backup. Basically, we're, we're able to offer backup that maybe people, um, wouldn't have appreciated as much as, as a tour. I mean, tours, I think people go on because it's going to be easier, it's more relaxing and all of that. But having that kind of extra safety net underneath you right now, I think that, yeah, I think our tour guests felt that that was a real bonus. So yep, definitely. Yeah. So looking forward to what's going to happen next. Um, so I am not done. <laughs> I'm leaving for Egypt uh, next Tuesday. So I'll be doing the last tour of the year and that's going to be Egypt and Jordan. Uh, and then we're going to be looking at 2023. So um, we've had our 2022, our 2022 tours are up for sale. One note I want to uh, make sure everybody knows if you want to travel with me and you see that a tour is sold out, please don't let that put you off. We do take waiting lists and considering that next year is so amorphous right now, please do put your name on a waiting list because I have a feeling all the waiting lists, are, I mean, the tours are going to shift. I mean, looking at what we did this fall, yeah, our waiting lists all shifted around and we ended up fitting everybody in somewhere. So please be sure to contact us and put your name on the waiting list if there's an itinerary you want to do, but it says sold out. Yeah, exactly. Because we'd rather we'd rather know have you know it's sold out in advance, but say, hey, I want to get on the waiting list. Here's my form. Then then you then you sign up for something and we say, oh, sorry, it's already gone. Um, yeah. So uh, and I've, I'm keeping track of waiting lists. And we certainly had people on 2021 tours that were on waiting lists that that got on tours because um, you just you just never know. Some people sign up and a month and a half later, they they pull out or whatever. So it is really great to be able to go back and, you know, send an email to the next person on the list and say, OK, here's your here's your shot. <laughs> yeah. So for me, what I'm doing next year, and Andrew, you can uh, correct me if I forget anything. So with Reed, I've got Thailand in January. That still has spots. Um, it's Th yeah, Thailand and potentially Cambodia, but we don't know if, if Cambodia is going to open or not, but Thailand. So that's January. There is space available for that. And that is one of the best things you can ever do. It's so such an amazing tour. Um, also is going to benefit from having zero tourists, which is not something that never happens in Bangkok or Chiang Mai or whatever. Um, the next thing I'm going to do after that, I'm going to do our staycations. Um, so I'm, I'm going to be leading the Florence staycation and the Rome staycation. Florence is almost sold out, but does have a couple spots left. Rome is sold out, I believe. Is that right? 
Yeah, I mean, yeah, Rome, Rome, Rome's right on the cusp. I think it's a, I think it's officially sold out. But that's another one. Like, get your name on, get your name on the waiting list. Yeah, we might be able to fit you in for the for the Rome staycation. So those are week long tours doing off the beaten path stuff. We're not going to do the big, you know, flashy sites. We're going to get to know the cities more as locals. So, for example, we won't see the Vatican Museum on the Rome tour. We'll see things that I think are maybe better. Um, so those are in March. And then um, after that, I'm going to be running um, our first two new Sicily itineraries. I've broken Sicily into two different pieces. One is going to be highlights. So that's eight days and eight days, two tours. You can hook them together for a total of 17 days because one of the days overlaps. Uh, and so one's called highlights and it's going to be Palermo, Agrigento to see the temples, Syracuse, uh, which is an amazing Greek city, and then Taromina. So those, if you only have eight days to see Sicily, that's going to give you a quick overview. You can add on to that what I'm calling Sicilian pleasures or villages, whatever you want to call it. And that's going to be um, the wine country um, on Etna. And then it's going to go to southeastern Sicily and Ragusa. Then we'll go to Marsala. And if the weather's nice, we'll do a boating trip and then we'll finish in Chefalu. And we're going to just stay all off the beaten path places. If you've traveled with me in Sicily before, you'll want to do this itinerary because it's all new stuff, things you haven't done uh, before, including the largest archaeological park in Europe, which is really worth um, seeing. So you can do one, you can do both, but they're meant to kind of complement each other. But the second one is very much meant to complement if you've been on a Sicily tour with me before, it'll be some, it'll be all new things. Uh, so both, that's both of those, both of those, Sarah, are about half full. So yeah. six, seven spots available on both of the Sicily spring tours. Yeah. Uh, then after that, I'll be doing Morocco, which is super duper duper sold out. <laughs> so Sorry, you can put yourself on the waiting list for Morocco. That's going to be a little bit less uh, short just because it is really, it's all the people who booked with me for Morocco for 2020 or 2021 all ended up on the same tour. So I think we're, we may be full, but please again, put your name on the waiting list. So it may be 2023 before you get a chance to travel in Morocco with me. I'm not 100% sure. We may even have a new Morocco itinerary in 2023. We'll see. Ooh, interesting. Um, then after that, Peru, which does have spots available, that's going to be in late May. So if you're interested in seeing Machu Picchu uh, and dipping a toe into South America, I'm going to be brushing up my Spanish skills in the next six months. <laughs> So that's going to be a, a new adventure. Uh, every year I'm going to do something I call the adventure, which is something that I'm not super familiar with, but is going to be fun. So that's the big adventure for next year is Peru. And we do have spots available if you're interested in that. That's an imprint tour. Then I'm going home and taking some time off for my son's graduation. And then we're going to have... Um, two fun itineraries that my sons are going to accompany me on. So they're going to come with me on Provence, which is a tour I'm doing with Nina Sepuzati, a staycation in a beautiful chateau. It's an amazing itinerary and it's sold out. But please feel free to put yourself on the waiting list for that one. That one does have, a, have an upper limit, but uh, we are happy to take a waiting list. And then the other one is going to be Dalmatian staycation which is Andrew's little uh, thing he convinced me to do, uh, which is the islands off of Croatia. And um, it's going to be fun and my kids are coming, but that's, is that sold out? I think it is, right? That, that, that's another one you can get your name on the waiting list and we'll see about fitting you in, but we don't, I don't want to make guarantees. So it's like semi-sold out. 
Okay. And that could be a case where if you've traveled with us before and you ask us really nicely, we'll figure something out. <laughs> yeah. So, so we, we can often, for people that know us and have traveled with us before, we can usually figure a way to be creative about fitting you in if you really feel passionate about something that you want to go on. Um, so please do talk to us. It's easy. We can only really do that for people we know because sometimes we have to be creative in the accommodations. So that's something potential that we could do. Uh, then I'm actually going to take off the rest of the summer and I'm going to take off September, which is unheard of in my world, because uh, that is usually the most important time, but I need to send my baby off to college. So I need to take some time for myself. Uh, and then I will finish off the season with two tours. I'll be doing um, uh, uh, Egypt and Jordan again. And then the very last thing of the season is going to be India. Both of those. Oh, 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 hold on, though. There's one before Jordan and Egypt. Oh, I forgot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So hopefully also, Thailand's not watching this. You know. <laughs> sorry, Thailand. Thailand and I are going to do the turquoise coast of Turkey, which will be really fun. That's very early October. And uh, I'm going to join Thailand Tazbazi, my, my friend in Turkey, who is an excellent guide. And he's put together an amazing tour. Uh, that also is sold out and has a waiting list, but please do join the waiting list if you're interested. We also have another date available of that uh, if you'd like to travel just with Thailand, and he's fantastic, so you'll have a great time either way, and it's a little earlier, so if you like to sw um, swim and sun yourself, um, you might want to go on that one instead anyway. And then we have Egypt and Jordan sold out. Get on the waiting list if you're interested, and then India which is another big adventure. And, you know, this, it is sold out, get on the waiting list because it could move if you're interested. But, you know, both Peru and India could potentially be one-offs. They may be tours I only do one time. So if those are things that interest you, do get on the waiting list because I don't know if I'll do them again. In the back of my mind, if I were to add something to the schedule, I would add Iceland again, but I haven't decided about that, so. And what yeah, about I'm you? Sure, I'm not sure where that's going to fit in unless it's like Iceland at Christmas. Um, <laughs> Christmas in Iceland. There you go. Oh, but, we can go see but, reindeer. But, 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 but <clears throat> next, year, next, year, next year could have some kind of Christmassy market thing because I know we've talked about that. And there's plenty of people who've emailed yeah. interested in something like that. So I think for sure there's going to be a few tours that come onto the schedule for next year that we don't have up yet. And I don't mean just like a second running of something, but we might have a few new things that eventually get up there. Um, but for me, I've got um, a even lighter, a much lighter schedule than you, because thank God. Um, I've got the Veneto Slovenia tour in April, uh, which we just ran uh, about a month ago. Um, that's got plenty of spots available on it. Uh, I'm doing the for the first time this Albania and Macedonia tour at the end of May. There's, it's about half full. So there's definitely spots on that. Um, then I have, cause I have, I've got some private custom tour things. So those are always things like if you're interested in a private tour or custom tour, cause those aren't really up on our site so much, but a lot of people know that that's what I do. So if those are something you're interested, let us know, because that could be with either of us or all of the guides that we have great guides. So I'm kind of busy with a bunch of like kind of custom things, but I will be back in it come September because Thailand and I are doing the uh, Southeast Turkey tour, which is kind of food and crafts and artisan stuff. Um, that happens right before Sarah does the turquoise coast tour. And then right after that, I'm doing Georgia and Azerbaijan, which is 
which is more of a food and wine tour. There's not so much wine in Turkey, so I haven't called the Turkey one food and wine, more kind of food and crafts. Um, so those are two, two things I'm running. The coastal Turkey is sold, uh, sorry, the Southeast Turkey tour is sold out. You can get on the waiting list. The Georgia Azerbaijan has about four or five spots left on it. And then at the end of October, it's the 10th anniversary of when I decided to run food and wine tours, Sarah, which was, I think, a pretty good choice of mine in retrospect, because I didn't, I didn't really know back then if anyone was really doing food and wine for countries not named Italy or France. Um, so I'm doing my harvest tour of Slovenia and Croatia uh, the last 10 days or so of October that I'm leading. Uh, and that also just has a few spots left. Um, so that's for, for hardcore food and wine stuff. That's like, you have to be up for hardcore food and wine because otherwise you might not survive that tour. Um, but a few spots on that. So that'll be kind of something a little special for me just because, you know, it'll be the 10, 10 years of me kind of rebranding and kind of switching my thoughts on what I want to do with my tours. So that should be a lot of fun. So that's what I've got going on at least for now. All right, and then we are very, very happy to announce that we have um, brought on some fantastic guides to lead some tours for us because we can't do everything. Unfortunately, I'm learning I can't do everything. I have children to put through college. So you understand why I'm running a lot of tours next year. Thank you for helping me put my children through college. Um, but uh, here's, the, here's the thing, I can't do everything. So we are bringing on some really amazing people to, um, to work on projects with us. So number one, we're gonna have Lisa Anderson back, who is one of my dearest friends. And she's also an amazing, amazing tour guide who everybody adores. Uh, she did a fantastic job on her Piedmont tour. I don't know, I've ever heard guests rave so much about a tour. They all loved the Piedmont tour. Uh, it went really, really well. So we're going to do that one again. We're also, I think she has two dates, right? She has a spring and a fall for Piedmont. Yep, that's correct. Yep. Two. And that's, yeah. And it's a really small tour. I think she's taking what, a maximum of 10, something like that? Yep. Yep. Yeah. That's what we had. Yep. That's what we had last year. So I think we're going for the same this year. Yeah, so I mean, very, very small group. And it's food, wine, and things you've never heard of that are really amazing. Um, and just hanging out with her and her family is also just a wonderful treat. Uh, then she's also going to take on for us the Venice Staycation, which was wildly successful this year. Everybody loved it. That's going to be in March of this next year. There are There is room available for that. And I highly recommend it because you're never going to see Venice this uncrowded again. Um, and you get to learn how to row a boat, which is really fun. So it's an, that is an awesome tour. One of the best cooking classes I've ever done as well. So that will be run by Lisa. Um, and then um, Susanna Peducchini is going to be um, coming on with us. She's our tour operations person, but she's also going to be running um, two, the two Sicily tours that I'm doing in the spring. She's going to do those two in the fall. And if we have, um, we, if we sell at the Rome tour, she's going to run a, a subsequent week in Rome tour as well. Same with Florence. If we sell out the one that I'm leading, Lisa will be able to lead. I think, I think we have her lined up to lead a subsequent um, Florence tour as well. And then we have, oh, let's see, Katerina Moore, who is an amazing, amazing Italy guide. She was a professional chef for many years. She was professional chef to the rich and famous. Uh, and she's just a cool, interesting person. 
uh, she is going to be leading for us the Puglia tour that you just saw us do. She's going to do that at the end of the fall next year. Uh, so if you want to do Puglia with her, that is on the docket. And we have one other thing scheduled for her, but I don't think we told her about it yet. So let's not announce that just yet. Uh, and then the other thing we have on the schedule is uh, my friend Anna Piperato, who you probably know from her um, Siena Italy tours uh, Facebook page and all of the wonderful live streams she does. She's going to come on and take over that Florence tour itinerary starting in the fall next year. She'll, she'll be running that tour, the week-long staycation in Florence, uh, which is going to be fantastic because she's incredibly knowledgeable. She has a doctorate in art history, and that's exactly who you want with you if you're going to be um, going through Florence. So I think, is that everybody? Am I forgetting anybody? Mm, oh, we got, oh, we got, oh, Roberto's going to be pissed off. Oh, sorry, Roberto. <laughs> I love you, sweetie. <laughs> Okay, Roberto Becchi is going to be back again with our Venice, or not Venice, our, our Tuscany staycation. That stays at his house, at his farmhouse, which is amazingly beautiful. We ran two of those this past fall. People loved it. Uh, and it's just hanging out with Roberto, who is hilarious. Uh, and you'll have a terrible, terrible time, I'm sure. You won't eat good food. You won't drink good wine. It'll be terrible. So um, can't recommend. What do you think, Andrew? No, I, you know, Tusk, some, some, some countryside house in Tuscany with Roberto. Oh, what could what can go wrong? <laughs> yeah. Oh, I know. <laughs> what can go wrong? Drinking lots of wine with Roberto Becchi. What could possibly go wrong? Um, <laughs> also, uh, we have Romania returning, and that's not led by either of us. We're going. That'll be led by your friend. Is it George? George. George. Exactly. Yep. And that one's going to be um, uh, in later April, and we're running it kind of around the uh, Orthodox Easter time, because where we stay in the one of the regions, you get to see all the traditions and festivities. So we're kind of spending an extra day kind of gathering, soaking up that kind of like uh, Easter celebrations that they have there. So it'll be something different and special. Uh, and there's a there's a note on the website about how that tour that tour in April is a little bit different. And we're about half full on that. Um, but that one's actually filling up fast right now. So, um, in fact, I kind of think, you know, this is the time when most people are figuring out what the heck they're going to do next year. Um, yeah. So, and that's usually, you know, between now and the middle of January, uh, when people are completely bored, other than maybe waiting for the Super Bowl to arrive. That's the kind of the time when people sign up for a thing. So, um, yeah. don't wait too long. Yeah, well, and Romania is a program that I'm really, um, I have a commitment to support because I think Romania is one of the most unique destinations that we've offered a tour before. And it's, it's strange. It's like a part of Italy or not part of Europe. Well, I'm always thinking, I'm always thinking about Italy because you're always thinking about Italy because we always think about Italy and France and Spain. We think about the popular parts of Europe, but we don't think about Romania. It's like a blind spot. It's an amazing place. It's so colorful and traditional and it's going through the look when you go up to Maramoresh. I mean, I've never seen anything like that in terms of just really feeling like you're in a different time. Yeah, I mean, that's, there's, I think everyone has that feeling. And I think between the two of us, we've pretty much been everywhere in Europe and I just haven't seen that kind of place anywhere else so okay i haven't been to iceland yet but you have now so i think we, but i think other than that we have almost every base covered in europe so it is really unique it's one of those places um that that i, I love sending people because i think people it's either misunderstood or people have no concept of it 
um, and it's got so much to offer. So, yeah. yeah. And it's also very inexpensive um, as far as our tour program goes. I think it's one of the least expensive tours. Yep. And our local guide there, we have absolute faith in. So um, he runs the tour himself. It's a local Romanian tour guide. And it's really very, very much worth your time. If you're interested in seeing something completely different, Europe the way it was 100 years ago. Uh, yeah, we, we will continue to have a commitment to Romania every year. We'll, we'll offer that at least once, if not twice, right? De definitely, yep. And we, we, have, we have one on the schedule too for the fall. So hopefully we could, we could run both. Um, but um, yeah, I mean, the thing is, I, I think <laughs> I think everyone, of course, knows you for Italy. They know me mainly for Slovenia and Croatia. Um, and those are great destinations. And there's a lot of different trips you can take to these those countries. But I know that other I know people sometimes they need something just just different. Obviously, that's why people are going to go to India or go to Morocco or these places that are not Europe. Um, and I think there's some places kind of in Europe or close by to Europe that kind of have that still very different vibe, but that are not super challenging. Cause I don't, I mean, if I was going to India, like you're going to India for the first time, Sarah, I would be, I'd be reading up. I'd be like, is what, what, what are the pitfalls for me? What do I have to worry about? Because I can't compare it to anything else. Um, and these other places in Europe that are a little less known, they're still very, they're still very kind of easy to travel in. So you don't have to be, super, super intrepid, and you can still have a great time and see something you won't see other places. Yeah, absolutely. <clears throat> Sorry. Uh, I was just looking at a question that came in. Am I planning to do a Paris staycation? That is on my mind still. So um, please stay tuned if you're interested in doing a Paris staycation with me. That could be something I could do as early as, as the summertime, but I'm not committing to anything just yet, but I need to kind of go through what I want that to look like. Um, I do know Paris very well. I've been guiding there for about, I don't know, 12 or 14 years. No, actually, I started guiding in Paris when Luca was born. So that's almost 17 years ago. Jeez, getting old, man. A while. Yeah, a while. So anyway, that is something I know you guys don't know me for Paris, but I know Paris quite well. And that is something that I, I would like to add. And we are going to try to add some more things in France over time. So we're going to start with Provence next year, and then we'll kind of move on from there and um, try to add a few other destinations. Um, but yeah, Paris staycation, same thing. I really want to keep on with this <clears throat> staycation concept, seven days in one place, because I really think it's not just an excellent way to really get to know a place, but it's better for the people who are experiencing tourism. Like if you live in a city, it's better for people who are, you know, who live in the cities. It's better for you. It's a more humane pace and it's more scalable. I think that it's important to me to offer tours that are more inclusive for people of varying physical fitness levels or ages. Uh, the staycations are ideal for that. If you have physical limitations or whatever, um, the staycations are a much more appropriate tour than let's say Morocco, which was exhausting, right? So, um, so that's what, what I'm thinking about for next year. How about Spain? That's the other question that just came in. Funny you should ask that question. Hmm. Well, do you wanna say anything about Spain? I don't know. I'm, I I I think there could be a surprise Spain something or other pop up at some point next year. There very but, well you know, could be, and it could, could be, be. something. Yeah, it could be. It could be something at the end of the year. Could be. Could be. And it could be with somebody who is on the Adventures with Sarah team who speaks Spanish and lived in Spain. It could be. So. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Who would that? I mean, I don't think that. I don't think you've lived in Spain. 
and my Spanish is horrible. So, um, and I haven't been to Spain or lived there. So it couldn't be us. Hmm. Yeah. So uh, stay tuned because that, that is a project that we just sort of um, started discussing this week. So again, we will have some late season editions, uh, I would say by January, don't you think? Yeah. Uh, yes. Yes. I, I would. Yes. By, by January, we'll, we'll have additional things in because we'll have a better idea on what people are going on and what's filled up. And, you know, the fact there's just, you could be more demand for certain things or there's just more demand in general. So, yeah. So looking down the road, now this is going to be our crystal ball portion of our chat today, because this is stuff that Andrew and I haven't really even talked about. We're going to talk now about 2023. What is, what is the mystical 2023? And Reed should be in the room too, because I should be chatting uh -huh. with him about it too. I don't know what's going to happen in 2023. We haven't, we haven't made that plan yet, but we're going to. So the reason I bring this up is that I would love for all of you guys watching this today to let me know where you want us to take you in 2023, because we are totally open to requests and we're happy, happy to do our regular public tours by request if you have a destination that you'd like us to cover. Also, as Andrew said, if you want me specifically or him or any of our wonderful guides to do a custom tour for your group, this is the time to start asking about it before we actually set the 2023 calendar. Uh, we can't do things less than a year ahead, uh, but if you want to have me guide your group through wherever, this is the time to start thinking about that. So, uh, okay, so I'm gonna throw out a few things that I'm thinking about for 2023. And then you throw out a few you're thinking about. Now, we don't have any confirmations. We don't have any solid plans. These are just ideas. Um, one of my ideas is I would be interested in doing a Lisbon staycation. What do you mm. think? Mm. Uh -huh. I think that would be fun. Yeah. And just so I have something completely different than a Lisbon staycation, I'm thinking of going to one of those Stan countries in Central Asia. Um, <laughs> because that's the kind of stuff I, I do. So uh, okay. I've got Uzbekistan on my, on my uh, rate, uh, heavily on my radar. And I've even had a few people ask me about that uh, during those tours we've run this autumn. So that's something for 2023 that I'm going to try to make happen as much as possible. Very good. All right. Um, so the next one I'm thinking about, I am considering... Um, my dad is not from the United States. My dad is from another country, and it seems reasonable since I'm a citizen of that country that I should maybe dip my toes into running a tour business there. So I have been chatting with my friend Stephen McPhillamy, who some of you may know, and I'm hoping that Stephen and I will collaborate on an Ireland tour as potentially 2023, but that could even happen as a last minute edition in 2022. So just something to keep in mind, there could be a very impromptu, um, quick book, sort of amazing Stephen McPhillamy and me and my dad. My dad might have to be involved. So I'm just not sure that I have the, I, I don't know if I can deal with that much charisma in one bus, my dad and Stephen McPhillamy, but um, we are thinking about that. Yeah, we might, you might have to like fill out guests might have to fill out like a special Q&A to see if they're like, you know, permitted to deal with that kind of. Uh, uh, yeah. The Irish government may not allow yeah. that much Irishness in one bus. Exactly. Yeah, we don't we wouldn't want to get anyone arrested. Uh, I am looking at going back to a place that I 
that I found when I first started backpacking more than 20 years ago, and that's the Baltic countries up in north, uh, up in kind of northeast Europe. And uh, because I haven't been to St. Petersburg in forever, and that's such a beautiful city, something with the Baltics and St. Petersburg, uh, sometime sometime in June when 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 you, it might be light until like I don't know two or three in the morning, kind of get the northern lights and just have some really kind of cool, amazing atmosphere. So that's something I've run a few tours to, but a long time ago, and I really want to get back there. So um, that's that and Uzbekistan are are two places that um, I want to I want to I want to show people. Well, and the other thing you and I have been dreaming about together, which I think is going to be a dream no longer, is um, more interesting in-depth Italy tours, which, you know, that's, of course, selling candy to babies. But um, we're looking at a Bologna and the Romagna, right? Yes, exactly. That's, uh, in fact, I was working on that one, as soon as our tour season ended. Uh, about a day and a half later, I was already working on putting putting something like that together. So um, I will be doing a little bit of research in the off season, uh, and probably we'll. I'm guessing we'll have a nice live stream from Parma or Bologna or one of the wineries in that region because um, I'm going to go check that out. And that's definitely that might even be something that's on our schedule by fall of of next year of 2022. Yeah. Um, another little project, and these are all just wish lists. We're not promising anything. Another wish list item for me is I would love to do a Christmas market tour or a Christmas tour. So um, Christmas markets like Austria or you know Southern Germany, something like that would be really super fun, even just as a one-off. The other thought is this Paris staycation could be a Paris at Christmas tour. Before I'm not going to be there on Christmas, but you know I do have kids. But that is something that is on my mind. I, I've always wanted to do the Christmas market, so something like that could be fun. Your turn. I, I, yeah, I think, I think so. I think there's a lot of potential places in 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 Europe for a for a Christmas market tour earlier in December, not actually Christmas New Year's time. Yeah, exactly. So um, that would be fun. All right, um, and then the other like totally wild. Who knows? But this, I, I'm pretty serious at looking for at 2023. Is I would love to do Southern Africa safari tour. So this would include South Africa, Victoria Falls, and it would include Botswana and a safari component, and potentially Namibia. Uh, that is a big adventure. Uh, the other thing I'd love to add, if I'm going to already be all the way over there, is a really rough and ready kind of. Madagascar tour, which would require people who don't mind more rustic accommodations. Um, so that's on my wish list. That might have to be kicked back to 2024, but that's on my list for 2023 to try to put together something in Southern Africa, uh, because I really think that that's, I'd love to start opening Africa up a little bit more to people. So that would be something I'd like to offer then. Well, I'll be signing up for these, for the safari tour as soon as you get it going. <laughs> like it's gonna customer. be like we're gonna fill up that tour just with our family members <laughs> exactly i'll be like i'm like well everyone else is on the waiting list but i'm signing up first so <laughs> <laughs> yeah so that that if we run the uh, an africa tour i'm going to be talking to reed in the next few days about 2023 that would probably be something that i would run um in like august because that's when it's the best time there but that's perfect for me because then my children can come so if you would like to travel with me and uh the adventures with sarah and sons team um then that's something that is very much on my mind for next year um at least southern africa and safari potentially also an, ex an extension to 
uh, Namibia or Madagascar. Yes, I'd like the, the Namibia thing in there because I want to get my uh, Mad Max Fury Road uh, kind of uh, cinema cinephile thing going on there, and it does look really cool. Uh, so that would be that would be awesome. So yes, I will have to get my Leo will have to get his uh, you know whatever tour face game face on uh, because I'm definitely if I'm going I'm bringing the, I'm bringing him for sure. So yep. So yep. So that's kind of what any anything else that I'm are we forgetting anything that we're dreaming about right now? Well, you know, we don't, we don't want to get, I mean, I'm sure we are, but we, you know, we, we got, when we do this in a year from now, we want a few places that we haven't already rattled off. So I think that's more than enough, but I think it is great. And a great idea. If people are interested in a certain place, uh, you know, let us know. Um, certainly it helps us know that people are going to be interested in something if they've already, if they're already talking about it or asking us. Um, and the whole kind of private tour stuff is, is another thing, too, because, you know, I know some people, they, they've got their own group of friends and, or they got their own, like, this is what I really want to see. And it's not on this itinerary and blah, 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 blah. And, you know, writing itineraries is one of the main things that you and I do. Um, so and I love doing I love I love coming up with with new itineraries. So please let us know. Uh, there's, so there's always way more possibilities than just what's on the the tour, the set tour itinerary uh, page. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, yeah, so I think that kind of wraps that stuff up. One other thing that's been on my mind that I just wanted to briefly mention is that as we grow, because, you know, this has been Andrew and I like putting around with two or three tours a year, and now we're at what, like 30 for next year. So we're becoming like a, a more grown-up and serious entity. So uh, please bear with us with growing pains in terms of registration and sign-up materials. We're all working on that stuff this winter, so we're going to try to up our game. Uh, but just remember, this is a homemade kind of funky organization, and that's what we like about it. It's um, when you send us emails, we personally answer them, one of us uh, or Susanna, so you're not being, you know, farmed out to whoever. Um, so that's one thing, but I think as we go forward and get bigger, one of the things that is important to me is figuring out an aspect of uh, what, how, how do I put it, like social responsibility maybe is the right word. Um, this sort of became a conversation I started on some of my tours this year, particularly the tours like Morocco, where we're going to places that is, are not necessarily first world countries. How do we as travelers give back? So this is something on my mind. I have a few different ideas. Um, part of that will be, of course, uh, I'm considering some charitable giving next year after we've made some money um, of doing of supporting women in the third world. So that's going to be one of the things that I'm going to pursue to try and figure out how we as an organization can um, be generous and helpful. I have a particular interest in helping women in the Arab world. Um, just because I spend time in the Arab world, and I think that that's a place we can make a huge impact. Um, so it could be, and one thought that some people on the Morocco tour had was adding an extra day to a tour to do a service project. That could be something we start to integrate into our tours. Um, it could be that we have every tour benefit a certain percentage to a, a charity that benefits women in that country. Uh, it could be that we start some sort of partnership and like a little online Adventures with Sarah shop where we sell goods made by women in the countries that we go to. But it's always the theme of how do we help women in other countries. 
So um, I also have a commitment to hiring women, as you probably have noticed. Sorry, Andrew. <laughs> hey, that's okay. I'm like, I'm just, I'll just drink, I'll just drink beer by myself, and all the ladies will have some wine or something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I, I have a commitment, especially to um, to work with single moms whenever that's possible, since I am also a single mother. So um, anyway, so just as a, a to let you know where I'm in my head in terms of as this business grows, what are our core values? That's a really important core value to me is how do we as travelers go and experience and enjoy a place, educate ourselves about other cultures, but then leave some kind of benefit for the people there. So I'd love for your help in thinking about that. So if you guys have comments or ideas about charities you'd love for us to engage with or service projects, I know that Reed has stepped a foot into this sort of realm as well, doing the Guatemala tour, which has a service, a service component to it. Uh, so I'm very interested in doing something like that in the future um, to try to figure out how we as travelers can better benefit the places that we visit. And one thing that we both talked about that we want to get off the ground too, and I know it would only make a small dent and a huge problem is just the whole plastic thing, because I think anyone who travels just sees how much crazy amount of plastic. So of, of get, getting everyone uh, a reusable water bottle, which is not, not the ultimate solution, but it's a start. And if, if we if we could look at our group and say, oh, okay, we didn't go through, we, we went through like one bottle each, or no bottles of plastic stuff, that would be great because I, I just can't fathom, especially now it seems like with COVID and masks and everything wants to be, everyone wants to wrap everything in plastic. It's actually just worse now. I mean, it's like, I feel like that's like the one thing I, I noticed was like, how much freaking plastic is there everywhere because of this? I don't even want to think about the plastic gloves I had to put on at the, at the breakfast buffets and all this other stuff, it's horrible. And, you know, I mean, we obviously can't solve that on our own, but it would be nice to know like, okay, well, we're making, we're making a small step and maybe other companies can do the same thing because um, it's, it's just, it's, it's really depressing when you start looking around at the garbage and the plastic. Yeah. And I mean, it could be a simple thing as that we would love to provide, like, it's always fun to do a little swag for our, our customers. So we were thinking about maybe doing really nice thermal insulated metal water bottles, and then providing jugs of water, like a water cooler on every bus. That was something we've been considering. Another thing we, that I've been considering, um, Andrew has this really nice, you know, little shopping bag he takes with him everywhere that has this little logo on it, making sure everybody's got a shopping bag as well. That's just super lightweight that you can fold up and stick into your bag so that everybody, when you go out and you buy anything while you're on your trip, you don't take a plastic bag and then end up leaving more waste uh, wherever you've been. Yeah, yeah. So if people have thoughts on that, or that would be great to hear back from from what what, what we can do. Um, and I think it would be, I, I think some tours, I think it's harder to do things in Europe, like, let's say, spending a day, you know, helping out a certain community. Um, it's not impossible, but that would be that would be fun, fun to do. And I know people want to get I mean, People really like hands-on meeting people. I mean, that's one of the aspects that that we're good at because that's why people like food, wine, local producers because they want stories, they want to meet people, and be great to do something more with that, helping people out. I think we're just like kind of at the tip of the iceberg to figure out like, well, what can, what can we do, and what do people, what do guests want to do as well? 
Yeah, exactly. So these are just a bunch of ideas, but I think it's important for you guys to understand where we're going with this business, you know, because this is this is new. Um, I, you know, broke free uh, and started my own thing with uh, with Andrew and Reed and tow about whatever it was a year and a half ago at the, at the beginning of the pandemic. And what's important to me is having been in the travel industry so much and watched what's going on around the amount of waste is really difficult. And the other thing is, you know, what is the impact of travel on the places that we go? And I know that there's been a lot of discussion, especially in Europe, about how tourism is negative and has bad, terrible impacts. It doesn't have to be that way, though. And something else to just note is that since I work in the third world occasionally, um, your tourism dollars are so important, so important to communities that don't have any other means to support themselves. I mean, even parts of Morocco that I went to, tourism supports people so much there. It's such an important line of work for people that maybe have no, no other resource other than the natural beauty of the place they live. So how can we engage with those places, bring people there and better those places in some way, whether that's donating to a charity, whether that's giving of our time, I don't know, but I'm excited to find out, right? Exactly, yeah. I mean, we're still, we're still in the learning process of what we can do, and what people want and what what are the what kind of are the options in all these places because if we're you know when you're not doing mass tourism it gives gives us a little bit more leeway to think of some things that are more outside of the box and also just like to say you know since we since we're not doing cookie cutter tours um you know that sometimes not everything has cookie cutter solutions to them and so you know not everything is you know perfectly you know, like it is on other tours. I mean, you can't, you can't have, you can't ask people this to, you know, go to these places and experience things that other, you know, major tour companies do or don't do, and we do them differently. And so it's just uh, not, not everything's going to be the same. And that, you know, so you, people just have to have that expectation that not everything is like the pre-packaged tour, but just cooler and better. It's, you know, sometimes, you know, there's, we don't, you know, there's, it's just going to be different and people kind of have to roll with the punches a little bit, I'd say. Yeah. So what is going to happen now is we want to hear from you guys. So we're, we've laid out kind of our vision for what we're going to be doing in the next year to year and a half. Uh, we would love to hear from you on a couple of things. First of all, what destinations do you want to see in the future? Um, and also, how can we be more sustainable? How can we be a, a more responsible company from an environmental point of view? What do you guys think about that, if you have ideas? And also, how can we add a social justice component into our, our travels? How can we give back to the countries that we visit, whether that's money or our time or whatever? Or if you know of interesting charities you think that I should reach out to, to try to partner to, to bring to figure out what the vision of our mission is. So if you have ideas about what the vision should be, I love that this Adventures with Sarah thing is more of a community. It's not about me and what I do. It's about you guys and this community. So I'd love for us as a community to come up with the core values that will back whatever we do in the future. So what do you think, Andrew? Anything else to add to that? Isis says hello. Uh, if, if people are still awake and still tuning in, thank you. That's awesome. <laughs> Um, no, I just want, I do want to add, um, before we let people go that we, we are going to have some kind of, let's say tour and destination specific programming coming up. 
um, you know, once we, <laughs> uh, in December and January, because um, Sarah's got her, her tour things going on still in Egypt, and I've got other things going on, but we, we will not only just the two of us, but we'll be having on some some guests from these different countries and also some of the people who've been with us this year. So talking a little about uh, their experience. So if you have not been on one of our tours, I think you'll get a better idea. You know, there's us talking about it. Then there's people who actually went on the tour talking about it. So we'll have some of those folks on uh, in the next few months to talk about that. And then, of course, we'll have that all posted up on social media so you know know all the details. Very good. All right. Well, everybody, thank you so much for supporting our season. Um, like I said, my season isn't over yet. Luckily, Andrew's is, so he gets to be at home and managing like ground control. Um, and I don't know. Yeah. Thank you for an amazing year. It's been yeah. like we've done something impossible. We pulled off a miracle, right? And it's, yeah, crazy. I know it's 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 pretty incredible, but it all it all seems like yeah, of course we were going to do it. Like of course we we're going to do it. How were we not going to do it? But you know, it's uh, when you look around and you see you know all the all the places that aren't doing this stuff, it makes you feel like okay, well maybe we did something special. Yep, very good. Also, just want to uh, have a special thank you out there to everybody who's been supporting me on Patreon because none of this would have been possible if I'd have had to quit doing this. <laughs> If I'd have had to quit and go get myself a job at Costco so I could pay my mortgage, none of this would have happened. So thank you so much and big hearts to all of you who continue to support me on Patreon. We're going to actually try to keep that up and make that more interesting as time goes on, especially with a component with uh, the social kind of um, justice idea in mind. We're going to see what we can do with the Patreon as well. So, oh, it's too many things to tell you guys, but I think that's all for now. So thank you so much for watching. Um, if you are interested in signing up for a tour with us, just remember that we have noted that between like last week and January, that's when our tours start filling like this kind of pace. So if there's something you've had your eye on, you really probably should um, sign up sooner rather than later. All of our tours are a $600 deposit, which is non-refundable, which is different than other tour companies. I know it's because we only want the committed, but remember that if you sign up for a tour and you can't go, that $600 will be a credit forever. You can use it whenever, you can give it to somebody. Uh, so you will, it just never expires. What your, your deposit, once we have it, is a deposit for whenever you go on a tour with us, right? Exactly, yep. So regardless, it, regardless what the reasons are, you know, it doesn't, it doesn't have to be COVID related, anything related on, on the guest's end, and they could have it applied to, to any other tour any other year not yeah. an issue yeah we just don't want it for us we're such a small business to do refundable deposits it just would cost us a fortune it doesn't make any sense for us so it, the deposit is non-refundable but you can move it around indefinitely um and for whatever tours you want whatever you can year gift you want. it to somebody if you want so yes you can you can gift it but i would highly recommend if there's something that you have your eye on that still has spots pick it up quicker, sooner rather than later because we have had a real flood of reservations in the last week or two. So we expect that's going to continue. And I and expect- even more, even more reservations coming in during our during our talk right now. So so if you're curious about what's on there, just remember you can go to my website, adventureswithsarah.net backslash tours, which I'll put a link on this video for you to go, to go and look at. Just take a look and see what, what there is. And like we like I said, if you don't see what you want or something spilled up, just shoot us an email. We'll try to figure out what we can do. And we, we still can set up custom tours uh, for next year if you have a group of four or more. 
Okie dokie. All right, Andrew, you look like you need to go to bed. I know I need to go. Exactly. Well, you know, we, we switched time earlier, so it's actually later than it really is or some excuse like that. I don't, yeah, know. I don't even know what time it is anywhere. I'm so jet lagged. Who cares? <laughs> time has no meaning anymore. Exactly. All right. So everybody, I will, I'll see you again, probably over time. I'll be posting stuff this weekend, but I will do a Cucina Quarantena at some point, um, either tomorrow or the next day. And other than that, I will uh, be reporting back from Egypt next week. So ciao, Andrew. Ciao. Thank you.